Hey, I'm Matt with So Cincy. Welcome back to the channel. And I want to say to you that. Are you ready? We have the most important news to give to you. Today, November 7th, 2022. We have our at YouTube handle. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Yes. So <laughs> we I've been saying since I've started back in August. Since I started back in August, we needed 1000 subscribers and get this 4000 hours of YouTube watch time. So that means all you beautiful people would have had to watch at least 4 out 4,000 hours of so Cincy content and then we would have been given a, a handle so instead of it being like youtube.com slash channel uce59367 and i couldn't tell you like where to go like you would just have to search so Cincy. like if you search so Cincy on youtube we pop up we're the first ones that pop up which is cool but it's just nicer to, it's just nice to say youtube.com slash so Well, YouTube has changed their, um, their stuff all around and they're rolling out handles to everybody. I don't know if, if, uh, there's like a certain, um, threshold you have to do, whether it's like you have to be live for 30 days or, or something like that or, or whatever, but we got it. We got them. We got the handle. So so that's pretty exciting news. Um, what else is going on? Um, all right. So we'll figure out the podcast later. But um, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be exciting. Today we're going to be in 2 Corinthians 13. And it's Monday, so we have a catechism for you for today. Uh, so that'll be that'll be exciting as well. And let me just be very transparent. I am not a person who has read through the entire Bible. I'm, I'm one of those people. I've read a good chunk of it. I've read like all of it's important. I read the important stuff. <laughs> like I read Genesis multiple times because every year we start out reading the Bible. And so I've read through all of Genesis. I've read through all of Exodus. Leviticus, mm, I think I've read through it. Numbers, not so much. Deuteronomy, not so much. The Gospels, yep. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, read all those. Romans, yep. Hebrews, yep. First Corinthians, yep. Second Corinthians, not one I've read all the way through. Not one. I don't think I've actually read a single chapter from Second Corinthians. I might have, but this will be the if not. Second Corinthians 13, the last chapter of the letter, will be the first one. So we're going to go ahead and get right into it. If I can figure out what I'm doing. Here we go. Bible. Boom. There we go. Look at that. It's all set up and ready for you. So let's go ahead and read this and we'll go from there. So this is the third time I'm coming to visit you. 
And as the scriptures say, the facts of every case must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. I have already warned those who had been sinning when I was there on my second visit. Now I again warn them and all others, just as I did before, that next time I will not spare them. I will give you all the proof you want that Christ speaks through me. Christ is not weak when he deals with you. He is powerful among you. Although he was crucified in weakness, he now lives by the power of God. We too are weak, just as Christ was, but when we deal with you, we will be alive with him and we'll have God's power. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. As you test yourselves, I hope you recognize that we have not failed the test of apostolic authority. We pray to God that you will not do what is wrong by refusing our correction. I hope we won't need to demonstrate our authority when we arrive. Do the right thing before we come, even if that makes it look like we have failed to demonstrate our authority. For we cannot oppose the truth, but must always stand for the truth. We are glad to seem weak if it helps show that you are actually strong. We pray that you will become mature. I'm writing this to you before I come, hoping that I won't need to deal severely with you when I do come. For I want to use the authority the Lord has given me to strengthen you, not to tear you down. Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace, then the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. All of God's people here send you their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy spirit be with you all. Mm. Man. So I've read through all of first Corinthians for 30 days. That was a couple months ago. Um, I just focused on first. Well, actually not is actually three months. Cause it was the first Corinthians was a bigger letter. And so the, the reading plan that I was on, it was split up for three months. So it was, First Corinthians, I think one through one through seven and then eight through 12 and then 13 through the rest. And so something like that. And um, first Corinthians is a wild church or like the church of Corinth, not the first Corinthian church. The church at Corinth was a wild, wild church. Um, so not fully knowing the context of second Corinthians, I'm assuming they didn't get it right. <laughs> so Paul wrote them a second letter. Um, but he's just like, it's, you know, what's, what's good here. What's good here is, uh, in the last part, where was that? Here it is. Let me pull this up. The second Corinthians 13, 10 wrong button. There we go. I am writing this to you before I come, hoping that I won't need to deal severely with you when I do come. For I want to use the authority the Lord has given me to strengthen you, not to tear you down. You want to talk about getting publicly shamed for millennia like we can look to the current church as a as a beacon of hope 
that they were, even though they were wild, even though they were crazy, that they were being used as as a place to show that people just didn't get it right, and that's okay. And Paul was like, "I'm not casting you out." If you if you read First Corinthians, you can see some of the stuff they were doing. But he was he was using them, not using them. He was he was writing to them encouraging them all these things to strengthen them not to tear them down i think for us as as individuals if we can see this and apply this to our lives that when we are corrected when we are being disciplined by whoever whether it's whether it's uh, authority in our local church bodies whether it's um authority by those who love us whether it's a parent whether it's a it could be a spouse Whatever that, like, if someone's correcting you, it's to strengthen you and not to tear you down. And if you view it as something being torn down, like if it's not being done, like, okay, let me, let me preface this. If they're, if they're saying like, I love you, I want to see the the best in you and, and this ain't, and this ain't it, right? If they're belittling you, if they're cussing you out, that's this, that's not what we're talking about here. If we're com- coming from a place where we say we love you, we care for you, we want you to see the best, you you want they want you to pull the best self out of you. This is what we're talking about. You know, we can go to those places where they're saying, like, oh yeah, they're 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 cussing me out, they're belittling me, they're spreading rumors about me and gossip, blah 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 blah. That's not it. This is ain't it. This is different. And a lot of us can. A lot of us can learn from this, that we can encourage someone when it's, when we have to have those hard discussions, that's the strength and not to tear down. What does it say about God, about Jesus, about his plan? Let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians 3. I was looking for it. Or 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 13, 3. But I will say, Paul, I'm just reading this. I, I missed this as I was reading through. I've already warned those who had been sinning when I was there on my second visit. Now I again warn them and all others, just like I did before, that next time I will not spare them. Woo! Paul's bringing it. But let's look at at three. I will give you all the proof you want that Christ speaks through me. Christ is not weak when he deals with you. He is powerful among you. That's encouraging. Although he was crucified in weakness, he now lives by the power of God. And check this out. We too are weak. Just as Christ was, but when we deal with you, we will be alive with him and we'll have God's power. And so they're trying, the people are probably saying like, like, yo, this, this Paul guy, he's, he's not it. He's not authority. But Paul's like, oh no, I'm I'm the authority. The authority has been given to me and, and this is what it is. What does it say about humans? It's that humans are flawed, man. 
the current church flawed humans like terribly flawed humans and this is not to say that i'm a i'm a better person and our churches are better than the the current the current church no that's not what we're saying to understand to understand something is that um like sometimes the church will fail sometimes our local church will fail the the church in the past failed not failed but not um maybe that might be too strong a word the they they messed up they were they were dealing with sin and so they had someone um to correct them and so we need people to correct them so um if you're at a church and your church has different positions of leadership that's a that's a good thing so that there's accountability among so if it's if it's just a pastor and he's the the first and the last be be careful with that because if he has no if he has no um or she could be a female pastor if that person has no authority over them and it's just they're the they're the top they're the they're the end all be all they they have the lot they have the first and last say we got we gotta be careful with that because because satan can definitely satan can definitely use that to um just to to bring down and destroy what is absolutely beautiful that is the that is the church so be 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 cautious with that like ask your church. Like how does like if you don't like if you if you're new to church you don't know. Like like ask one of the people in leadership. Like ask a ask the pastor whoever might be like be like hey if if something were to go down like how does how does the how do y'all keep yourselves and and with checks and balances? Let's see what they say. There's multiple people. Cool. I think that that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But if it's just one. I'm not saying leave. I'm just saying just be careful because that can be that having that absolute power can be tempting. So just be careful out there. What does it say about humans? Oh, no, no, no. We already did that one. What is this? Here, here, I like this. And then we'll go into our catechism question. What I like this. Uh, where was it? Duh, 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 duh. Two two passages two passages here I want to talk about on on what what am I doing well what could I be doing better uh, where was it oh okay here we go verse five it might be it might be going down to six okay examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine test yourselves surely you know. That Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. As you test yourselves, I hope you will recognize that we have not failed the test of apostolic authority. I would go more in here. If you wanted to go more in depth into a Bible study, I would ask the question, what is faith that is genuine? And and how, how do you test yourself and how do you examine yourself? That's that's the two things. Examine yourselves. So look inward. And then test yourself. Put yourself to the test. And if you succeed, you will know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. 
So I would look into what is it that makes faith genuine? How would you see yourself if you have a faith that is genuine? As genuine? The question I usually ask is, um, what am I doing well or what can I be doing better? This would be more towards what can I be doing better? Learning what is a faith that is genuine? How do I examine it? And then how do I test how do I test it? And try that and, and try that. That would be a challenge. And you'll know that Jesus Christ is among you. And if not, you have failed the test. Failed. You have failed. And then the pa- the other passage that goes along with it is in the is in the last one. Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful. Which is funny because Paul just like, yo, y'all crazy. Y'all being wild. We hear about y'all. Y'all doing the y'all doing the most. Y'all nasty. And then he says, be joyful. Which is so which is so cool. I, I, just, I think that's just so cool. Be joyful. Grow them and then he gives them, he gives them these commands. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. So do these things. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. So four things and you'll have the God of love and peace be with you. Be joyful. How do you, how do you be joyful? Is it being happy? Mm, a little bit more than that. It's understanding the source of who is your happiness. That's what joy is. Joy is understanding who the source of your happiness is. So if I have a cup of coffee and that cup of coffee makes me happy, it doesn't make me joyful. But it's for me to know that my my the the source of my coffee comes from a God who has given us the ability to grow things. It has come from hard workers. It has come from people who have um, learned over years and years and years through family tradition. All the coffee that I buy is all uh, single origin from farmers and from coffee shops um, where they partner with different things. So my so my coffee is very, it's very uh, people friendly. It's not like evil capitalism and, and terribly produced with dragon puppies and kitties and stuff like that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know if coffee companies do that. But it's, and it's being grateful. Like I'm grateful that, that people have had made livings off of being coffee farmers. And so it's, it's part of that. Grow to maturity. Growing to maturity is, is reading the Bible and doing what it says. If it says love your enemy, that means you love your enemy. Encourage each other. Encourage your family. Encourage your friends. Encourage the people you go to church with. Be a be a person who can be hospitable to people. Live in harmony and peace. I think. I think there's a passage that says like do everything you can to live at peace with everything with everyone. Right? Romans 12:18. And I I'm <laughs> I I wish I could read that, but it's in the King James version and I have no idea what it says. 
This is Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So that would be live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. So why this passage? Why this passage? If we look at the catechism for this week, question number three, how many persons are there in God? How many persons are there in God? So this is dealing with the Trinity. And a lot of people will say, oh, the, tr- the Trinity is unbiblical. The Trinity is not mentioned. But the idea of the Trinity is mentioned. And it's mentioned in this passage, 2 Corinthians 13 and 14. So if you were going to memorize a verse this week, that verse is, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That is the Trinity right there in a nutshell. So how many persons are there in God? And your answer is, there are three persons in the one true and living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are the same in substance, equal in power and glory. How many persons are there in God? They are There are three persons in the one true and living God, the Father, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are the same in substance, equal in power and glory. And if you wanted to teach that to your kids, you would say there are three persons in one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that is our show for today. Thank you all for stopping by. If you did, if you're watching this on the replay, if you're listening to this to the audio, be sure to follow the podcast channel, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We will have a video up on Rumble later today on how to read the Bible when you don't have the time. It'll be a good one, so make sure you check that out. Subscribe to that Rumble channel. That's where it's going to be all about how to read the Bible in different aspects and how to study the Bible like a pro, how to read the Bible when you don't have time, how to understand the Bible. All those different things are all going to be over there on the Rumble channel. There's Rumble exclusives that you can only get over there. You can hit us up on all social media, uh, social media on on TikTok at so Cincy. Uh Instagram so Cincy. You uh, YouTube.com slash at so Cincy. I'm so excited for that. Facebook.com slash so Cincy. Uh, all those things. So but we love you. Have a great week. And we will see you on another one. Bye.